Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Chapter 6, The Power of the Renewed Mind. The Power of the Renewed Mind. And just a reminder, you might be listening to this on radio or podcast. We are video casting this new book, Help, I'm Addicted, uh, that I wrote actually a few years ago now. We're just, it's new because I'm putting out an audible and uh, it'll be available. Uh, each chapter will be available as downloads on Vimeo or YouTube or Rumble. Um, or just about any of the, uh, the places you watch our podcasts, even the audio versions. I know we're on about 18 different places like Spotify. So, uh, that's what this is all about. Chapter six, the power of the renewed mind. Desensitization can be well illustrated through a story I heard years ago. Eskimos in the barren north often kill wolves by taking a razor sharp knife and dipping it in blood. They allow the blood to freeze to the blade. Then they bury the handle of the knife in the snow with the blade exposed. As the wolf begins to lick the blade, his tongue becomes becomes numb and desensitized due to the cold. As he continues, his tongue begins to bleed and he licks even faster, unaware that he is consuming his own blood and slowly killing himself. Soon, the Eskimos return and bring the dead animal home. In the same way, the enemy numbs us through compromise by what we allow into our mind. In other words, the more we think about it, the more we kind of question it, the more we make excuses, you know, the more we even cave in, we are becoming desensitized. And within time, we, like the wolves, do not know that we are dying, slowly dying spiritually. And the enemy desensitizes us until we are numb to the things of God and our conviction fades. Why do so many people enjoy movies and programs that glorify illicit sex, witchcraft, the occult, extreme violence, vampires, and the like? Incredibly, what God calls an abomination is today's entertainment. Did you catch that? What God calls an abomination is today's entertainment. We have no time for prayer and no time for devotion to God, plenty of time for entertainment. Do you see the disconnect there? Is it a coincidence that many who are trapped in addiction enjoy ungodly music and movies? No, no coincidence whatsoever. As a man thinketh, so is he. Entertainment plays a huge role in how we think and what we think about. And therefore, it can either build the stronghold even stronger, reinforce it, or it can serve to take down the stronghold one brick at a time if you're feeding and dwelling on God's word and worship and prayer. And, uh, you know, for example, in my day, you know, I loved country music and obviously still do. Um, but, you know, it, it would often get my mind thinking on the wrong things. Uh, those old country bars and Vegas and Laughlin and the lake and Lake Powell, Lake Mead, Havasu, you know, you name it. Uh, and it would just take me, you know, not to a good spot. We are just to discern what is uh, right and what is wrong. Now, granted, I know there's some good country songs out there. And I'm just telling you about, you know, my kind of situation. Of course, it depends on the song, the lyrics. Uh, for example, Michael W. Smith's worship song, Surrounded, you know, this is how I fight my battles, is very 
encouraging for me, much more than, let's say, George Jones's hit, he stopped loving her today, you know, for obvious reasons. So the question to ask is, will it build me up or will it pull me down spiritually? And often we rationalize and watching and listening to questionable, questionable material because in most cases we enjoy it. We have become desensitized and our consciousness have been seared. Excuses are often packaged in phrases such as, I have the liberty to watch whatever I want to watch, or it's no big deal, everyone is doing it, or my personal favorite, I need to watch what everyone else is watching so I can relate to them. But we must remember that liberty has limits. The questions to ask are, will it build me up spiritually or pull me down? Will it fuel my addiction or will, will it quench it? So let me just um, talk about that for a minute because I, I think, you know, I don't want you to miss this. This is so, so important. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Again, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so what happens is we don't take this too seriously and we begin to dwell on things uh, that are not good, they're not godly, and we kind of make excuses. You know, it, it, we, uh, well, it's not that big a deal. This won't hurt now and then. And yet we are, we are spiritual beings. So the more we, the more, I think it was Matthew Henry said, the more we uh, the more we flee from that which is evil, the more we will follow that which is right or something along those lines. And I remember a Christian, it was actually a youth pastor, I believe, he told me, I don't worry about what I watch or listen to as long as my heart is right. Well, you miss that there because your heart, it will be affected in, I should say, infected by the bad things we watch. And, you know, sadly, this comment from a youth pastor is an indication of how far we have drifted. Think about it. If you don't think we've been desensitized, look at what they watched in the 1950s, 60s, you know, Leave it to Beaver, um, you know, Andy Griffin show. Compared to now, it's alarming. We, we all, including myself, we have all become desensitized uh, to some degree. And so to suggest that entertainment is neutral simply reflects a lack of spiritual discernment. Some allegories of good and evil can carry noble messages. Um, however, when evil is portrayed as good or we've become obsessed with watching them, we have crossed the line. Again, darkness, witch, witches and warlocks and casting spells and vampires and the occult and demonic activity it should not entertain us. Uh, you know, I, I know there's a, a movie out recently, I forget the name, Nefarious, uh, that, that many people watched and, you know, um, you know, it depends what is it portraying evil as evil. You know, you've got the whole debate over Harry Potter versus uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, and, you know, that, a lot of that is Romans 12, you know, up to an individual's conscience. Um, I can tell you, uh, somebody sent me a section of Harry Potter and I watch where this girl's levitating and eats a snake. And I'm like, man, this is just disgusting. I have no benefit. And then, you know, Lord of the Rings, um, you know, it, it, I can see why people like it. Um, I'm just, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not a fiction guy. I like kind of nonfiction reality stuff. So, um, but I can see, you know, if, if one is portraying witches and warlocks as good, you know, you, you got to really just be careful there. And of course, there are gray areas um, for sure. But illicit sex, enchantment, witches, familiar spirits, wizard, extreme violence, sex, you know, sexuality are not gray areas, even if they are portrayed as good. 
Darkness should not entertain a Christian. Different influences, namely the Holy Spirit, should guide us. Now, what we watch and listen to, it does affect the heart. It's impossible to separate the true. I'm sorry, it's impossible to separate the two. Um, if you truly want to overcome strongholds, you'll need to reprogram your mind. Let, listen, I'm telling you from personal experience, for starters, spend time this week reading and meditating on Romans 12, the whole chapter, and Philippians 4. And what you do is, you know, Romans 12, be not transformed, um, uh, be not conformed to this world, like fashioned and shaped, but be transformed, cognitive dissidents or cognitive uh, changes can take place in your mind where you're actually changing, uh, changing how you, how you think. And the more you put God's word in and worship, the, the stronger you will become spiritually. And it's really, you know, it, it's really, uh, and often, it's, it's oftenly, it's oftenly, it's often overlooked, uh, just how important this, this is, uh, overcoming addiction when it comes to renewing your mind. Uh, this generation, especially right now, greatly suffers from hopelessness and depression. Suicide is an epidemic right now among teens and young adults. And surely we must have, we must wonder, is there a correlation? Is there a connection? Yes, there is. Do we really think that ungodly entertainment is not going to affect us or our children? Do we genuinely believe that these are simply you know, just fun, entertaining shows with no spiritual ramifications. The time to renew our mind has never been greater. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, right? It's against principalities, things that are in the unseen realm and the spiritual realm. And for this reason, Psalm 101.3 tells us not to put anything wicked before our eyes. And 1 Timothy 4.12 tells us to be examples of purity and decency. And even Philippians 4, 8 talks about fixing our thoughts, what on what is on true and noble and right and upright. And to think about things that are, you know, noteworthy, worthy of praise. Everyone who names the name of Christ must depart from anything that will pull us away from him. Correct? Yes, that is correct. The standard of holiness must be sought. Freedom can, and I'm not talking about rules and, and uh, legalism. I'm talking about, hey, living for God, holding set apart. Freedom cannot come from a polluted mind. Galatians 6, 7 uh, gives us a, just an incredible reminder about this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, which you could say in your actions, you know, of course, but also whatever you sow in your heart, whatever you sow in your mind, you will reap the outcome of that. Sadly, most people don't turn their lives completely over to God when things are going well. Repentance is often sparked by catastrophic failure. We often need a wake-up call before we actually do wake up. God crushes our pride to open our ears, but you don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom. God promises deliverance if we turn to Him. But again, this doesn't always happen overnight. Breaking strongholds and reprogram reprogramming our thinking are, ba are battles that can take time. For instance, I know Christians who haven't had a drop of alcohol in years, but still struggle when someone drinks a beer or a glass of wine around them, or somebody posts, posts something on social media. And that's why all of you guys have to be careful posting stuff on social media. You are not to flaunt your liberty. We don't care what uh, party you're at or what bar you're at or what wine you're enjoying. It can make a lot of people stumble. Humility recognizes that we are fallible, or I should say fa fallible human beings, 
and we recognize that we have sinned before God. So that's really what humility is. We, we recognize we are not perfect. We have sinned before God. And God's word is a lifeline to our soul, an anchor for our lives, not something to be debated, altered, or misrepresented. We don't change truth. Truth changes us. In closing this chapter, let's summarize three key points uh, that really go along with renewing our mind. Number one, be aware of opportune times. Oh, let me preach this one. Luke 4.13 says that when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him. And he basically waited until an opportune time. He does the same with us. Opportune times, you know, when you're hungry and angry and lonely and tired and all these, 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 these times where the enemy can come in and, and, and he, he knows you're going to take the bait a lot easier when you're going through a, a struggle of the flesh. In battle, the enemy attacks at opportune times. Opportune times in the Greek language actually denotes a favorable wind blowing a ship towards its destination. The world entices us through cravings for physical pleasure, through covetousness, and through pride in our achievements and possessions. These are the three areas where the enemy will concentrate his focus. Beware of these opportune times. Again, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And then second, the source of our strength comes from the food that we choose. What we feed grows, and what grows becomes a strong, dominating force within our lives. Our thoughts become words, our words become actions, and our actions become habits. Who or what is shaping your thought life? Think about that. Who or what is shaping your thought life? A daily diet of violence, lust, anger, and depression will fuel those very things in your life. The old saying, the devil made me do it, is false. The devil doesn't make us do anything. He simply presents the bait. James 1, 14 through 15 says that each one of us is tempted when we are drawn away by what our own evil desires. And if we give into that desire, uh, sin brings forth death. The flesh says, feed me so I can destroy you. But be, be very encouraged. Um, I know this is a little heavy, but be encouraged when you truly seek God's help. You can overcome temptation instead of allowing temptation to overcome you. The key is to pray for strength and wisdom and to be mindful of the warfare and the weapons of our warfare. Check out Ephesians 6, then choose accordingly. This falls in line with Romans 12, 2 as well, telling us to renew our mind. And so when we yield to temptation, we walk willingly into the enemy's camp and we quench and grieve the spirit within us. And uh, an immediate full turn in the opposite direction away from the first sign of temptation will encourage victory. The power of prayer, the importance of time alone with God cannot be stressed enough. It is invaluable. Renewal begins and ends with prayer. To renew means to reestablish something after it has been interrupted or damaged. Life can easily interrupt fellowship with God, especially when we, be, we become too busy. And so we have to renew that fellowship through prayer. Actually, mighty fillings of the Holy Spirit often occur after extended times of prayer. Add fasting in there, and that's a one-two punch that is hard for the enemy to beat. And I will never forget New Year's Eve 2011. I spent some time alone in a cabin to slow down, reflect, pray, and renew my mind. During this private time of renewal, I was reminded that the overall spiritual condition of Westside Christian Fellowship will be a reflection of my prayer life. Ian Bounds believed that without prayer in the pulpit, 
the church becomes a graveyard, not an embattled army. Praise and prayer are stifled. Worship is dead, and the preacher preaches death, not life. They actually encourage sin, not holiness. Preaching that kills is prayerless preaching. Without prayer, the preacher creates death and not life. So true. So you may ask, well, okay, what does this have to do with me? I'm not a pastor. Well, it has everything to do with you because your overall spiritual health is a direct reflection of your prayer life. Little prayer, little spiritual health. Strongholds are often broken through prayer. So if you're not praying to the degree you could, are you really pulling out that huge sledgehammer and taking down the stronghold? Chances are probably not. And it's also hard to fall when you're always on your knees. A life of prayer rarely stumbles in uh, to besetting sin on a continual basis. Moses spent time in the backside of the desert before leading Israel. Elijah heard the still small voice of God while alone in the cave. Jacob wrestled with God in the stillness of the night, and his name was changed to Israel. John the Baptist lived alone in constant prayer with God. Jesus often re re retreated to isolated places for extended times of prayer. How then are we going to overcome in these dire times if we do not cultivate a strong prayer life? The depth of our relationship with God is in direct proportion to the depth of our prayer life. Begin a life of prayer today. And it's been said that men will live better if they pray better. Conversely, we pray better when we live better. It's all connected. So to take it a little bit further, two helpful sermons on prayer you can find on my YouTube Rumble Vimeo channels. One is preparing the heart to pray, and the other sermon is teach us to pray. Both those titles, just put those titles in, teach us to pray, or preparing the heart to pray, Shane Eidelman, and they should pop up. And again, I am reading chapter six of Help, I'm Addicted. We're in the process of putting this book on Audible. And we are also uploading to uh, my different podcast platforms so you can watch each chapter via video or listen to it on audio. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.
El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.